We're in a little sub-series that I've given the title Living in Submission. And chapter 5, or I guess all of what we've read so far in the letter to the Ephesians, sets the scene for why we should actually be a people who live in submission. It sets the scene for why we should be submitting to one another in love. See, standard operating procedure for most of the world is to shun submission. The way of the world is you stand up for your rights, um, get everything that you can, um, get ahead if you can, stand on a few heads and a few fingers as you climb up the ladder. But as Christians, we are not like the rest of the world. Over over the last few weeks and and the next few weeks to come, you're going to keep hearing me say this and keep hearing me introduce this. Because all of Ephesians so far up until now has been telling us who we are in Christ. And now we're into the part that says, well, this therefore is how you shall live. See, as Christians, we are not like the rest of the world. As disciples of Christ, we live by a different ethic. We live by a higher standard. We do things very differently. Differently. And the way we behave should actually be an expression of our reverence for Christ. And so the way I behave shouldn't be all about me. And the way you behave shouldn't be all about you. The way we live is something that we do out of reverence for Christ. So our lives, what we do in our lives, should all be about Christ. Disciples of Jesus Christ are as different from the world as light is from darkness. And back in Ephesians chapter 5, we actually read where Paul wrote, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Okay, So that's that's an enormous change. At one time you were darkness, but not anymore. And with this change in status comes ramifications for our behaviour. He then goes on, Walk as children of light. Alright? You once were like this, living in darkness, but now, because of the sacrifice of Christ and through faith in Jesus Christ, he has shifted us from darkness to light. So we once were like this, we are now like this. And what he's saying is, live as you are, not as you were. You were in darkness, don't live as a child of darkness. Because God's taken you away from that. He's forgiven you of your sins. Don't go back to them. He's now brought you into the light. Live as a child of the light. And he describes what this looks like. He says, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And that's what we're focusing on again today. Living as children of the light. And the fruit in our lives should be what is good and right and true. And when we start living by the Holy Spirit and we begin to do what is good and right and true, do you think God's happy with that? Two right ears. The Lord is very pleased when we live by the Spirit and do all that is good and right and true. So, the last few weeks we've actually been looking at marriage. We've been looking at what submission looks like in marriage. And let me tell you, it's not just about what the woman does, it's also about how the man relates to the the husband, relates to the wife as well. So we've been doing that for the last couple of weeks, but today 
we're looking at what it means, what submitting to one another looks like in the parent-child relationship. And there's plenty of parents and children here today. Now I'm going to tell you kids, right from the start, the way Jesus wants you to relate to your parents will look nothing like what you see portrayed on the, on the teenage soap operas that you see on the telly. What are they these days? In my day it was Neighbours and then Home and Away. Is Home and Away still running? And does Neighbours still go? No, oh, it's still there. Yep, all these teenage soap operas. The way Jesus wants you to relate to your parents will look nothing like that. And it will probably look nothing like the way your schoolmates treat their parents. And likewise, parents... The way Jesus wants you to raise your children will probably look nothing like what you see on TV. Uh, it'll probably be probably very different to what you'll read in most of today's popular parenting books and it's probably very different to how the parents next door raise their children. Now I want to say to you right from the start, I'm not a psychologist. Um, I'm not a child behavioural expert. What I am is a parent, a preacher and a Bible teacher. And so today I'm not going to be telling you anything at all about the latest new fandangled ways of parenting and and bringing up your kids. Today I'm going to be talking about submission. And I'm going to be using a few old-fashioned words like honour, respect and obedience because these are the sorts of words that we find in the Bible. They're not words that we hear a lot today. And I'm not going to apologise for that. In fact, I would hope that you would expect me to explain plain and simple what the Bible has to say about, about parenting. And there's actually some really good lessons here for us. And that's why I said it's actually going to take us two weeks to get through this. So this week we're going to be talking mainly to the kids, to the, to the children, and next week we'll be talking to the parents So I'm going to um, continue on in the way that Paul did. So we'll talk to the children first. Put up your hand if if you are a child. Yeah, most of you. If you haven't put up your hand, I'm going to want to know where on earth did you come from? Which one are you, Adam or Eve? I'm just not sure. Um, The first thing we have to understand is in this context, all of the scholars who wrote, all of the different commentaries that I read, all seem to agree. Now, let me tell you, that's pretty rare for a start. But they all seem to agree on this one, that the relationship that's being discussed here, the relationship between the parent and the child, is not something that ends with age. You are a child and you will always be a child and you'll always have parents until the day your parents die, of course. And as you become an adult... Yep, your relationship with your parents will change. As time goes by, you'll find... I'm talking to the kids now. As time goes by, you'll find that your parents give you more and more responsibility and will give you less and less directions because you should know, as you get older, you should be, know what, you'll be, what you should be doing until it actually comes to a time when your parents aren't actually giving you directions anymore. Um, so when you become an adult you're not actually obeying your parents anymore because your parents aren't giving you directions anymore. Or at least they shouldn't be. And let me just have a quick word here to the parents. If, if you've got a 40-year-old son or a daughter and they're still giving them directions that you're expecting them to obey, well, you've got real, real issues with control and you need to, you need to relinquish those. 
Um, so, um, so, as we grow into adulthood, our parents stop giving us directions to do and we stop obeying our parents. But that doesn't mean that they're not our parents. See, our parents will always be our parents. And so we should always continue to honour and respect our parents. And it pleases God when we do this. And I'm going to come back to that a little bit in a moment. Children are given the commandment to O, B, E, Y, obey their parents in the Lord. Now what does that mean? What does that mean to obey your parents in the Lord? There's nothing difficult about the word obey. I heard one of the Sunday school kids say it today. It basically means listen to what you're told and do what you're told. There's nothing difficult about the word obey. But but what is that phrase on the end there? In the Lord. What what is that about? Does that mean, mean, well, if my parents are Christians, then I obey them. Um, And and if they're not Christians, then I don't. and, And I can do whatever I like. What does it mean? Well, no, that's not what it means. Obey the parents in the Lord is actually talking to us. If we are in the Lord, obey your parents. What it's saying is we don't just do it because our parents are bigger than us and because we'll get a flogging if we don't. Well, that's a good reason too. What it's saying is we obey our parents because that is part of our Christian discipleship. Do you understand what I mean, kids, when I, say, when I talk about Christian discipleship? If you love Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you're following Jesus, that's being a disciple of Jesus, okay? And when you're following Jesus, there's certain things that Jesus says, well, if you're going to follow me, then you should live like this. And that's, one of, and that's discipleship, okay? So discipleship is doing what Jesus wants us to do to please him. Because that's, God has saved us from, from darkness and brought us into light. And living as children of the light means we do these things to honour God. Okay, So that's what it means when it says, obey your parents in the Lord. You're not just doing it because you have to, you're doing it because you want to honour Jesus in that. Now, I want everyone to consider for a moment, when do you stop being a child and begin to be an adult? At what age? In my parents' day, it would have been said 21. 21 is when you become the adult. Now, of course, the, the big problem with that was, well, how come at 21 you weren't able to vote but you're able to go to war and die for your country? I mean, you could do that at 18. And, of course, they then brought it back to 18. And so, so I mean, 21st birthdays, they're still big do's. Um, Jake's not here today, so we can tell you. Jake's going to be having a 21st next year and you're all invited. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but more recently, the 18th birthday seems to have become the adulthood birthday. When do you consider that a child becomes an adult? Well... Did you know that when Jesus grew up, a Jewish boy came of age at 13? 
Um, now there's actually a bit of a dispute on this. Um, some of the older commentaries and stuff that I've read actually say 12, um, but I think they're getting a little bit mixed up with, with the Jewish Vamitsa, which is, happens when you're 12 these days, um, but that actually came in after Jesus, um, after his time. But at Jesus' time, when you hit the age of 12 was when you would go into some intensive training in the scriptures and so on. But age 13 was the, was the age at which a Jewish boy became responsible before God. Okay, so that was their age of adulthood. And 13. Out of the kids, put up your hand if you're 13 or over. Yeah? Fair few of us? Yeah? Now, I reckon there's actually a fair bit of wisdom in this. Because by the time you're 13, you should know the difference between right and wrong. Um, By the time you're 13, you're old enough to bear the consequences for your actions. And by the time you're 13, you should have stopped living on your parents' faith and begun to live on your own faith. By the time you're 13 you should be old enough and mature enough to make the decision, I want to give my life to Jesus. You've had the opportunity up until then to to learn from Sunday school and from church and and to see the way your parents live their lives and, and your parents telling you about Jesus as well. But by the time you get to the age of 13, you should be old enough to say, well, I myself, I've read in the Bible where it says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And I want to be that person. I want to come to God, so I'm coming to Jesus. I'm choosing for myself to follow Jesus. If you're 13 years old or older, you are plenty old enough to make that decision. And many people make it younger than that. I made that decision a fair bit younger than that. And if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, well, that's something you need to consider very carefully because the decisions that you make, even when you're still young, have eternal consequences. During the week, I rang my brother just to have a bit of a yarn because I haven't haven't talked to him for a long time. And we talked for a fair while and um, during the conversation he actually brought up the time when he gave his life to Jesus. I wasn't there when it happened. Um, He had told me the story once before but I'd sort of forgotten it because it's a long time ago because I'm very old. Um, Not too much snickering there, Lauren. (laughs) Use your inside laugh next time. (laughs) Anyway, he's telling me me the story about when he he gave his life to God and some parents of some friends of his had invited him to go along to, to, a, to a Christian concert. And he thought, oh, great, I like rock concerts. They're great. And he turns up at this concert in the, in the GP room at the Gundawindi State School and there was an old person there um, singing songs that my grandparents would have liked to backing tracks. And there was no rock band at all and he was very disappointed. And he was there and not wanting to be rude and just leave but, but just not enjoying it at all. So anyway, he sat through it. But right at the end, Fuller gets up and gives him a message and he can't remember anything at all about the message. But at the end he said, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? 
And he'd always assumed that he'd go to heaven. He'd been brought up in the church. He'd always gone to Sunday school. He always did the right thing. And yep. But when he was actually asked that question, he said, well, I'm actually not sure. And there's a whole bunch of lads that night who together after the service started talking. And they'd all been brought up in the church and not one of them was sure. And that was the night they decided... I've got to make the decision for myself. I I, I can't just live on my parents' faith. I have to have my own faith in Jesus Christ. And by the time you get to around 12 or 13 years of age, you need to consider that question for yourself because it's time for you to decide for yourself if you're going to be a child of God or not. And when Jesus was 12, his parents took him to the temple, presumably for some final instruction in readiness for becoming an adult, right? He's on the verge of being recognised as an adult. But even at that age, it says of him at that time, in Luke chapter 2 it says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. What that's saying is Jesus, even though he's getting older, and, and a lot of people sort of think, oh, I don't have to listen to my parents anymore. Jesus came home and he submitted to his parents. Jesus obeyed his parents. And we should too, because that pleases God. Now, I'm going to share something that's pretty amazing here. And it, it might sound a bit ho-hum to you, but I want you to try and grasp just how amazing it is. Kids, I hope you understand that church isn't just for adults. Church is for kids as well. We all come together. It's for all the children of God. And children of God come in all sorts of ages and all sorts of shapes and all sorts of sizes. Children of God are your parents and children of God can be you. And so church is for all of us. Kids aren't excluded. But the thing that I want you to get here is the time when this letter was written to a church in Ephesus was actually a time where kids were considered nobodies. Have you ever heard the phrase, children should be seen and not heard? Have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah? Well, let's take it another step. In the world in which these guys lived, it was more like, oh, must we see the children? Children should be seen and not heard, but oh, must we see them? No, surely not. Children basically had no status in their society. But when Paul wrote this letter to to this church, he didn't only write to the adults. He wrote to the kids. Now, that's probably the first letter that those children had ever gotten in their whole entire lives because nobody writes to kids. But he wrote to a church and he wrote to a church of all ages. And in it he actually says to the kids, he says says that they should honour their parents. He's been showing this church, this gathering of disciples of Christ, how their discipleship, how their following of Jesus should be expressed in practical ways and he didn't exclude the children. Because to God, children are not nobodies. 
children can be disciples of Jesus too, just as parents are. And the children have just as much opportunity to live out their faith to the glory of God as what adults do. And this letter is absolutely revolutionary in that it brings the kids in and shows them that, that, that this is important to God. And discipleship for children means that they are to obey their parents. Why? Has anyone ever heard that one? Why? Don't you just love them enough to throttle them when that starts? Um, Why? Because I said so. Why? Because. Why? Well, there's one reason that children should obey their parents. Because it's right. You said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. That's all he had to say about it. We we don't need any other reason because it's right. That's the right thing to do. Back in chapter 5 verse 8, he said to us all, walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and true and right. right. So walking in the light means we do what is good and true and right. And what is right? For us to obey our parents. When we disobey our parents, that's not fruit of light. What is it fruit of? Darkness. And there's a lot of disobedient children about. But you don't have to be like them. Because you've given your heart to God, you can choose to do what is right. And that is to obey your parents. But then verse 2 takes it way beyond obedience and into the realm of honour. And these two things are different. You can grudgingly obey somebody if they're standing over you with a big stick. But that's not honour. And God tells us to honour our parents. In verse 2 he says, Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now that, that promise actually goes back to when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. The people of Israel had left Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land. And God gives them the Ten Commandments. And basically what he was saying is, if you are going to be my people, you're going to live differently from other people. And so here are the Ten Commandments. This is how I want you to live. I don't want you to be like those other people who are currently in that land. And he actually said to them, don't go getting it into your heads that it's because you're so great and marvellous and wonderful that I'm kicking all of these baddies out of, out of the promised land. I'm kicking them out because they are so evil. And I'm bringing you in to give this land to you. And what he says is don't live like those other people. I'm kicking them out because of the way they're living. And if you start living like them, I'll kick you out of that land too. And so the fifth commandment was Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honour your father and mother 
that your days may be long in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you. And they then eventually got time to actually enter into the promised land. They are on the, on the, on the edge of the River Jordan and they're just about to cross the River Jordan to go into the promised land and Moses goes through and, and, and he reads out all of the commandments again. And one of them is, and he says again, Honour your father and your mother as Yahweh your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it might go well with you in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you. Right? So in this context they were just about to go into the promised land and what he is saying is if you are a people, if you as a nation are a people who honour your parents, you'll get to stay in this land. But if you discard this commandment along with all of the others, you'll get rooted out. Now I hear a lot of people reading that promise today and going, oh, if you honour your parents, you know, you'll live to a hundred. And saying that's what it's about. I'll get to live a long life myself. When it was originally written, that's not the, what the promise was about. The promise was you're coming into this land. If you, if you live by my commandments, you can continue to live in this land for a long time. If you don't, I'm going to be kicking you out. But I believe it also served as a warning. We've all come across a family who has an uncontrollable child, haven't we? Has anybody ever come across a family with an uncontrollable child? It seems that no matter what they do, no matter what threats are made, no matter what punishment is dished out, no matter how much discipline is exercised, the child is just uncontrollable. Sometimes it's because the parents haven't been disciplining, but sometimes it just happens. And parents come to their wits end and they have no idea what to do. God actually told Israel how to deal with that. And this is not a passage of scripture I've ever heard preached on. And when I read it, you'll probably know why. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 18. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him, bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives, and they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst and all Israel shall hear and fear. Whoa. Have you read that one before? You can understand why we don't preach on it often. I've never heard it preached on and at first glance, we sort of start thinking, oh, imagine, if, if, remember this is an Old Testament law, right? But imagine, if, if we were to enact this particular law now, today, in this little town, we'd probably, for a start, need a road train load of gravel to be parked on the outskirts of town so that we could get all of the elders and all of the men of town to enact this law on the stubborn and rebellious children of the town. That's the way you, you'd think that that's what you'd have to do. But 
you know what? I couldn't find any instance of this actually being carried out in the Bible. It may have happened, but it certainly wasn't recorded. And I'm going to be looking at at Deuteronomy chapter 21 next week because there's a pretty good message in there for the adults on on discipline and, and how important discipline is. But I just wanted to bring it up now because maybe that's got a fair bit to do with living a long life. Um, because in Israel, if you didn't honour your parents, you weren't going to last long. Um, but what that law in the Old Testament tells us is how important it is to God that we honour our parents. And it is a crime against God to not honour our parents. And it was the responsibility of the community to guard against the extremes of disobedience and dishonour. Now you imagine, if, if you're living under that law, which we're not, by the way, but you imagine, if you're living under that law and you loved your kids, can you just imagine what lengths you would go to to, to make sure that your children are brought up to, to honour and respect their parents? And, and all their elders for that matter. Um, so anyway, as I said, I'm coming back to that next week because I just want to pull something out of there for the parents. But you know what? If you honour your parents and heed what they say, generally, there's a, there's a bit of truth in that. You generally, you might live longer and generally you'll have a better life. Why? Because your parents, when they're giving you instructions, they've actually got your best interests at heart. Parents aren't generally killjoys that just tell you, no, don't do such and such. There's usually a very good reason they don't want you to do such and such. And it's, it's very good, it's better for us. We, they save us from making a lot of bitter mistakes in our lives. And I bet there's a few adults here who would say, yep, I haven't, there were times when my parents told me not to do something and I went and did it and I paid the price for it. It, it really would have been better if I didn't do that. But what does it mean for us today to honour our parents? Well, for the kids, I think that it, it certainly means we respect them. It means that we know that our parents have authority over us and, and we submit to that authority because it pleases God. And it's largely reflected in obedience. It means we don't back-chat our parents. It means we don't bad-mouth them, talk about them behind their back. It means that we love our parents and we obey them. Unless, of course, our parents instruct us to do something which you know God doesn't want you to do. What does it mean for adult children to honour their parents? Well, firstly, I think we've got to talk about love. We have to love our parents. And part of that means that, for a start, we don't argue with them. And even if they bait you, don't argue with them. Um, Don't fight with them. Remember, your parents are adults, the same as you are. 
And your parents do not have to obey you. You are not responsible for controlling your parents or for managing their affairs. That's their decision. Um, If they're open to hearing your opinion, by all means, give them your opinion, give them your wisdom, because as we get older, even kids have wisdom, children have wisdom. Um, And if they're open to hearing that, then share that with them. But even if after you've stated your case, they choose to go against what you've advised, to honour them means we just have to accept their decision. No matter what the consequences might be for them, no matter how wrong we think that decision might be, if we've stated our case and they've said, well, this is my decision and this is what I'm doing, we have to honour that. We have to respect that because they are not subject to us and and we have to honour them. So don't argue with them. A wife once said to her husband, Donald, when was the last time we received a letter from our son? He said, just hang on dear, I'll go and check the check butts. (laughs) The second point is to honour our parents means they have to know that we have to treat them as important. It means we don't just write to them or go and visit them when we want something or when we need to borrow something off of them. What it means is we'll give to them time. If they, if they live a long way away, you'll want to ring them up often and talk to them. Don't, don't just assume that because you've posted it on Facebook that they've got the, all the information. Can you imagine how hurtful it is? Um, they're probably like me. Uh, old person not on Facebook. We're, we're, we're a dying breed. Um, but that's just a policy we've made in our house. We're a Facebook-free house. But, you know, what it means, we, we don't hear stuff and people just assume that we know because it was posted on Facebook. Um, well, unless somebody tells me, I'm not going to know. And can you imagine what it would be like for your parents posting important family updates but never actually ringing and telling them um, and just to talk to them It means that if they live nearby, go and visit them and do it often. Treat them as important. Tell them and let them know that you value them and that you want your relationship with them to be something that brings you joy and brings them joy as well. Thirdly, It means that you'll tell them stuff and you'll seek their wisdom when making major decisions. Don't just cut them out. Even though it's gone past the stage where they give you directions to obey, your parents are still a good source of wisdom and value that and talk to them. Um, You don't have to do what they say, but it's good to seek their input. Fourthly, it means you'll care for them in their old age. Now, I'm going to say something here that might strike home to a few folk and um, it's something that we all have to consider as our parents get older. But we've got to let our parents be our parents and remember that we're not controlling them. Um, How do we relate to that when it comes to old folks' homes and stuff? 
do we force them to go because we know it's better for them to be there or, or what do we do? Well, I've thought about this long and hard and um, I guess I'm probably making the decision my kids can listen to this <laughs> while I'm young enough to still have my marbles about me but at least don't ask my kids if I've still got my marbles. Um, If they don't want to go to an old folks' home, should I force them? And I I personally have actually come to the conclusion, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, they might die sooner because they're not getting fully supervised care, but they might rather it that way. If they haven't lost their marbles, let them decide. Even if we know in our hearts that that's not the best decision, to honour them means we might have to accept that decision and know that they will have to live with the consequences of that decision. Maybe to honour our parents means we care for them in our own homes. I think there's something very godly about that. Um, that's the, the ultimate in, in giving ourselves away for some of us um, is to look after somebody long term in our homes. But most importantly, in their old age, don't treat them like kids. They're not kids. They're your parents. And we have to honour and respect our parents no matter how old they are. And we honour them because it is right. And we honour them, we submit to them out of reverence for Christ. Yep, sometimes your parents might press your buttons and get you angry and annoyed. Especially for anyone who has to work with their dad, that's probably something you've experienced very well. Uh, I know that I used to. Um... And actually next week when we talk about parenting, we're going to be talking to parents about how we should not be pressing the buttons, as it were, of our kids. But as children, even as adult children, even if our parents press our buttons, submit to them out of reverence for Christ. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Doesn't mean that what they've done is right, but there's something very godly about submitting and honouring our parents out of reverence for Christ.